Today's episode is sponsored by ChrisTaylorRacing.com. Welcome to Driven to Compete. I'm Kerry Rouse, and I travel to racetracks around the U.S., where I interview members of the racing community and share their stories as a form of inspiration for our community. I am here today with Sri Haputantri. Did I get that right? Yes, you did. Oh, wow. Okay, great. <laughs> Sri, um, so um, I've got a chance to uh, see you in action. I was at uh, VIR a while back, and you had an entire group of people there that you were supporting. And I know that you've been doing this racing thing for a while now. And um, I'd love to learn more about you and what you've done, but maybe we can just start with what is your world right now for racing? What, what do you do and what should people know about? Wow. Uh, well, racing is a big part of my, I guess, every day, day to day, my, part of my life, pretty much. I feel like I can honestly say I live and breathe race cars and racing. Um, uh, we have a pretty big team, I think 19 cars at the moment. Um, we build cars, we maintain cars, we transport them, we support them at the track. And the best thing I get to race myself, I race myself. Uh, I think today I stop racing. I will probably think of something else because a big part of me is also the fact that I get to do what I love doing. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> so, uh, uh, and I, you know, coach people, uh, help people of driving, figuring out data, uh, our setup. Uh, I do some setup work for some other teams also that, you know, that needs, uh, work as an engineer, uh, doing setup work. Um, so, uh, that's, uh, in a nutshell. Okay. What's the name of your team? Uh, SRI Racing. Okay. Yeah. Pretty, pretty appropriate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> simple, um, you know, simple and easy, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, can you tell me about what type of cars you have? I mean, I don't know that you have to name all 19, but give people a flavor for uh, the type uh, of cars. Mainly BMWs. Uh, we just acquired two more uh, factory M2 CSRs. So we have four uh, M2 CSRs. Um, we have a customer that has an M4 GT4. Um, then we have a bunch of Specky 46s. Um, uh, I mainly race uh, uh, E36 M3 lightweight. And one of the M2s that uh, we just acquired, I, you know, I got it for myself also. Um, I got one earlier and then one of my customers really wanted the car. And I said, you know what, go for it. And I let him have it. Uh, and then we have a couple of E46 M3s also. Um, we do uh, work on some Porsche Cup cars, uh, but uh, those are the regular, mainly, uh, you know, we pretty much work on BMWs and Porsches, uh, but mainly BMWs now, because I used to ra uh, race Porsches. So at that time, we had a lot of Porsches because we would go to the track and we would do that. But then I kind of transitioned in, uh, into transition into BMWs. And now we have, um, you know, a shop full of BMWs all the time. Got it. So I, there's two questions. One is, I'm, I'm going to hold off on one. Where are you located at? 
uh, in Kernersville, North Carolina. Okay, great. And then I have a question for you. Why did you transition from the Porsche to the BMW world? Uh, well, you know, I work so I can race. And uh, the Porsche, you know, to be competitive, it was quite an expensive ordeal. And also, um, I got more support and help with BMWs. And I actually, the biggest part, I would say, is I love the camaraderie and the people in the BMW club. Uh, you know, we mainly race with the BMW CCA. We do some events with NASA also. Uh, and I'm actually going to a CCA event, uh, not this weekend. It's Hyperfest with NASA. Next weekend, we are going to a, um SCCA uh, event. Uh, so uh, I love the camaraderie. I love the people. Um, it's like my second family, right? My team, uh, we are so close. Uh, and then... Uh, at the racetrack, we all help each other. It's nice. We are smiling. We are happy. We are having fun. Um, I would say the racetrack is definitely my happy place. Yeah, I got a, a chance to interview some of the people that were racing on your team. Sean McKay, uh, Tina Leone. And mm -hmm. uh, in fact, right before I got on this call, I was sending Tina some of my stickers to put on her car. So. <laughs> Uh, it, it is it is interconnected and it's a small world. And I have also noticed that it's quite a family affair with people there with the camaraderie and the kindness and the way people help out, even though they're competitors. Most definitely. Yeah. I mean, we are all friends. Everything's great until the green flag drops. Then, you know, we are, you know, even like my, you know, my teammates and I, they know, OK, we are racing now. Uh, <laughs> it's time to go race. And until that checker flag comes out, you know, obviously we are racing. Yeah. Uh, the flag comes, you know, the checker flag comes out. We are all, you know, congratulating each other. Um, I mean, we'll have a hard race with someone and, uh, and people will come like, that was one of the best races I had because we had a nice, clean, but, you know, hard racing uh, without contact, without, you know, giving each other just enough space to do what we do uh that's what you know it's all about those are the best races yeah. uh some of the races that we won are not some of the best races because you know if it was an easy win it was almost boring sometimes you know those are yeah. not the ones we you know brag about those are not the ones we love to talk about um so I want to know how you started. Like when, how did you start all this? And when did you start getting interested in motorsports? And how was your way in? What would you, what did you do? Uh, wow. Uh, well, you know, I've loved cars from the time I was, a. I would say as when I could walk, I wanted cars, right? Uh, I still have a matchbox collection in Sri Lanka of all places. Um, and like, if I got a good grade, I wanted a matchbox. Then my mom, like, everybody's like, what do you want for your birthday? Matchbox. So I have a huge, uh, a pretty nice collection in Sri Lanka that I still, when I go there to see my family and stuff, I look at. Um, and uh, I used to uh, go out there um, and when somebody was working on a vehicle in the neighborhood hall, my dad had a couple of trucks and the people would come and work on them. And my mom would like make me change my clothes because I would go in there and, I would, you know, come all, come home all dirty and so forth. 
Um, and I loved cars. I loved anything. You know, I wanted to figure out how to work on these things. And also, when I was younger, I would take something apart and I couldn't put it back together. And I would have gotten, um, you know, I, I got myself in trouble. Uh, and uh, so I started, you know, I had a passion for cars. Uh, I bought some, I bought a Triumph TR7. I bought a Porsche, um, you know, like cheap cars that I, you know, when I was 15, 16. And I learned to, I, you know, I didn't have the money to, you know, take it to some expensive shop. I had to learn to fix them, work on them. And uh, then I heard about this thing called autocross. And through a friend, a couple of my friends, I started doing autocross. And um, then one day, a couple of my friends were like, hey, you need to come do a track day. I'm like, what's that? And I think I went and did a couple HPDs. So well, after my first, first HPD, uh, I don't think I went to do autocross for years. Uh, I'm actually, should I talk about doing autocross with some of my friends and employees? Because it's local. It's uh, now uh, just for fun. Uh, and then, you know, of course, the evolution of things, right? Uh, the uh, HPDE and then um, more HPDEs. I would eat mac and cheese and ramen noodles so I can go do HPDE. I was a college student, um, you know, when I started doing this. Uh, and uh, also, uh, I put myself through college working at a race shop. Because I had learned to work on cars uh, because, you know, I had to. And um, I was at the shop and uh, I was uh, had a Porsche 928 S4 and my clutch had gone out and uh, it's got a transaxle. So you have to pull the transmission, which is the whole rear end, the transaxle. And then you had to pull what's called the torque tube and the bell housing to get to the clutch, which is up front. And so I took it to a shop because there was no way I was going to do that on the ground. And uh, they were after class, I went there and this guy, I actually talked and helped the guy who was doing it. And the guy who owned the shop, I guess, was behind watching. I had no idea. He's like, you want a job here? <laughs> I was like, no, I'm, you know, I'm going to school full time. Um, and, uh, he ended up offering me a part-time job and uh, I started working there and uh, actually worked pretty much full-time uh, at the first at the, this uh, high-end uh, Porsche kind of restoration hot rod type shop and then at a BMW uh, Porsche uh, shop that did had a race side and a street side uh, and then I got exposed more and more into racing. Got it and then this whole time you're you're saving what money you can and getting out there the HPDEs. And uh, eventually, I guess that turns into a competition license at some point, right? Yep. Yep. I mean, when I first started doing racing, I didn't even have a, a truck or a trailer. I would drive my first race car actually uh, was a 74 Porsche that I got pretty much as a tub. Uh, and I made, built it up with like leftover parts you know, somebody's like, oh, these brakes are done. They want the new, newest, best, best big brake kit. I'm like, okay. And I built an engine out of pretty much leftover parts. And uh, I would drive my car to the racetrack. My rain tires were my street tires. With my, I managed to put four wheels and tires, uh, my little toolbox, my little cooler, styrofoam cooler with some sandwich meat and drinks. Um, and my tent, 
and I would drive to the racetrack, change my brake pads, my tires, pitch my tent, and you know do my races and it was fun the sunday was actually the you know you're tired you've been camping out there and you have to drive this car you know that's you know pretty much your your brain is jiggling in your head uh you know driving back so friday or thursday night the drive there was like oh all excited sunday it was uh you know it would get tiresome um but uh yeah it's uh, I think those are the things I tell my some of my friends, customers, some of my crew guys, you know, we have a, a nice setup now. We have total homes and all this stuff. I tell them, you know, you guys are spoiled. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hear someone complain. I tell them, no, you have <laughs> no idea. So what part of the country were you in for school and in those particular races you're talking about, the early ones? Uh, well, uh my parents actually moved when I was uh, 15 to North Carolina. Uh, and uh, so I pretty much was in North Carolina. Uh, I went to uh, uh, my first track was actually Roebling because VIR, which is my home track now, was not even open back then. Uh, and uh, so Roebling with all those gnats and the bugs that bite you at night <laughs> and everything. Uh, that was my home track. Uh, then Charlotte. Uh, CMP, and then of course now we go all over the country. Um, I think we went to Coda last year. We go to Watkins Glen, um, uh, Road Atlanta, Barber, uh, pretty much any track. All you know, we travel all across the country. Yeah. Do you ever go to the California side of the world? No, uh, it's definitely uh, in the plans, in the works. Uh, I think we might have a race at Laguna next year if that comes available. We were actually hoping to go to Road America this year, but we had a cancellation uh, for the Road America event. But uh, no, Laguna is definitely, uh, actually, I think Laguna and Sonoma, if we go out that way, uh, hopefully will be in the works. So, I mean, you having been on so many tracks, do you have any favorites? I would say Road Atlanta probably is my Road Atlanta, Sebring. Both those tracks have. I think VIR should be my home track, right? Uh, it is my home track. I love the track. It's a fast track. Uh, but I've had some bad luck at VIR. <laughs> so uh, I just uh, I would say Road Atlanta and Sebring are probably two of my uh, most favorite tracks. Now why now why do you like those? Just because of the good memories, or is there something about the track that you just you just love? I love the flow of Road Atlanta. It's just such a, the, the whole track flows so nicely, and uh, you got to be on. If you you got to be on it, you got to hit your marks right. Uh, if you mess one up, you're just not, you're gonna you know consecutively uh, take some while to get right back on there. Um, I love the floor of Atlanta and Sebring, the bumpiness, the track has, uh, such a, you know, the pavement grip change from the old, you know, world way to concrete runaway to the asphalt and, uh, to get the car to rotate. Um, so they have some really neat, cool characteristics. I think to be honest with you, every track we go to has its own, uh, special little formula, uh, special thing about just about every track, 
But if I had to pick a favorite track, I would say it's probably between Rodent Land and Sebring. Got it. So what what about any really, really special races? So I didn't say when, like uh, uh, maybe a race that just y- you'll never forget. <clears throat> race that I will never forget. Uh, there are so, I mean, every race is a special race, right? I feel very thankful that I get to do this, especially, you know, for a living, you know, I mean, I think I have like all my customers, they, you know, they do this for fun. It's, it's their hobby. I get to do this for a living. So I, I am thankful that, uh, and every, I feel every race that I get to do is a special race. Um, and uh, some are more memorable than others. Some are ones that you want to forget about. Uh, right. Uh, but uh, it is, uh, it's amazing. I mean, I get goosebumps thinking about this right now, yeah. talking to you. I get to do this. I get to play with race cars, go out there and race, uh, tell people how to drive race cars, how to set up race cars uh, for a living. I mean, I have, you know, three college degrees and this is what I've chosen to do. And people are like, what? I'm like, yeah, this is, I love doing this. I don't want to be stuck in a cubicle, you know, writing code all day. That was, uh, I tried it. Uh, You know, I was like, oh yeah, you know, I got a real job, this and that, you know, health insurance and stock options and all this stuff. And that was not what I had, you know, wanted to do. That's not what I would love to do for the rest of my life. Yep. Yep. Uh, you kind of alluded to it a couple times about maybe some races you'd like to forget, and then maybe VIR you've had some bad luck. Um, any any real heartbreakers that you could share with me? Uh, yes. So uh, uh, I guess VIR had two re- total two cars racing, uh, and uh, both at VIR. Um, one was completely my fault. And the other one, I was a complete bystander. Um, the first one, um, both these happened uh, at a BMW club race uh, on the Friday, first race of the weekend. And I had started uh, my race in my E30 M3 towards the back of the pack because I had a vacuum leak and the car I didn't qualifying. I didn't do quite well. And I pushed and pushed and pushed and I got the car to third place with a lap to go and i was on my old tire old tires because it's a friday race not the big points race and uh going to turn 10 uh, i was pretty brave going through turn 10 uh, i don't think i've ever really gotten to that level since then to be honest with you but the car just when i got back on the gas the car slid sideways and put me straight in the wall and the car actually hit the wall and flipped uh and i and I uh, fractured my collarbone and um, totaled my car. Uh, so that was a heartbreak, uh, you know, for sure. Uh, and then my second incident, um, uh, one of my good friends, uh, who ra- who now is a steward for BMW Club Racing, uh, he had blown his engine at turn one. And last lap, 
Uh, it was actually one lap to go. They had the debris flag, the yellow flag, and one to go all. And the steward was jumping up and down, telling people to slow down. He blew the, his engine right at the turn one braking zone. And if you brake right there, you are a passenger at that time, right? So I saw that, and I was in a pack of like four cars leading the pack in my class. And I saw the yellow flag, so I was like, okay, I'm going to take it easy. And I got through turn one, and as I'm in the end of turn one, the car that was in third or fourth place braked right at the oil, oh. came through the infield about three feet up in the air, backwards, and, you know, I'm, I'm through the stuff. I'm like, okay, getting ready to get my last lap because I know every car behind me is wanting to be where I'm at. And then suddenly I woke up and I was at the tire wall. Uh, I had a concussion. That car completely came and slammed into my passenger side. And I slid, had uh, my car has slid all the way to the tire wall and I had, you know, obviously had a concussion and uh, that was my second car that was totaled at VIR. Uh, and uh, I'm so glad actually we race in today, not 20 years ago. Our safety stuff is so great, right? Um, and I tell people, uh, you know, because I have people, oh, let's make the car fast. And I tell them, no, we got a first thing is I want the car to be the safest possible car. I mean, like the halo seats are still not required in racing. I don't know why. Uh, but my wreck, when that uh, car came and hit me from my passenger side, my helmet hit the halo of the seat so hard that I blacked out. And it was uh, a Pretty much uh, everyone we talked to, the, even the doctor said, if I didn't have that, I would have probably broken my neck. And I would not be here talking about my fundraise stories. I'd probably be in a dead or in a wheelchair, right? Uh, and my first race, the first one that when I flipped the E30 M3, uh, Hans devices were not required back then. Mm. And I had a Hans device because, you know, we used to wear that the foam round thing around our neck, right? Uh, so, but I had a Hans device and the Ford, the impact to the tire was so hard that it broke my, uh, fractured my collarbone. So if I didn't have the Hans device, I could have suffered a lot more than a fractured Hans device. So I tell people, you know, safety, I can build you another car. You wreck your car or we can buy another car, but safety 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 and we have great fracks with great you know safety workers out there um we have safe or we have a the opportunity to race safe cars with great safety gear now uh and we can go home and uh race another day where 20 years ago i mean i'm a huge formula one fan i mean i remember as a child watching formula one and, you know, someone died every race weekend. And, you know, that's kind of unheard of now. Yeah. So yeah. we are very fortunate and uh, to race today. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I, um, I don't know how old you are, but I'm, I'm 51. And I didn't start racing until I was 49. And uh, I think I came into it with 
with all the good stuff, right? So first thing we got was all the fireproof clothing and then had my Hans and um, I I think I've got a halo seat. So um, yeah, so I, I felt, I, I've always felt very safe in the car. That doesn't mean I'm not squirming as I'm going around a corner wondering if I'm going to go off the track, but but I feel I feel safe, you know, in the car. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a great feeling, right? I mean, we all of us go racing in this day and age without really having any doubt that are we going to go home Sunday? But, you know, in the 80s, and I think, especially I think in the 80s is when, you know, uh, you know, this was a fact that a lot of these race drivers were daredevils. You know, a lot of them, like Enzo Ferrari had, you know, stated that he did not want to become close to any of his drivers because he was not sure whether they were going to be there next weekend. Or he didn't want to be upset when they were not around after a crash. So, and we don't have to think about that. We, uh, you know, we, we are pretty confident that we are going to be fine. Uh, I'm actually 49, uh, but I've been doing this for quite some time now. Yeah. Yeah. I was in high school and college. Yeah. Um, so in terms of the SCCA versus BMW, do you do the SCCA in addition to that, just because it, it adds more opportunities to race or is there something different about the SCCA that you're, that you're doing that for, as well? Um, I'm actually cutting down right now um, because uh, I think last year we were at a racetrack um, about 21 weekends. Um, the year before that, it was like 25 or 26. So my goal this year is to be at 20. So I'm slowly trying to, because uh, I love what I do. I love racing. But uh, there are other things to life too, right? Yeah. Um, I'm, I don't know. I'm trying to figure these things out. Um, yeah. anyway. uh, so uh, I want to do other things. Uh, I want to enjoy life in you know, kind of open my, broaden my horizon here, right? Um, and, uh, you know, I have uh, elderly parents who live outside the country. So I, you know, I go spend time with them. I, so there are other things I want to do. Um, so I'm trying to cut down, but uh, I think racing wise, um, every little sound from it, it's SCCA or NASA or WRL or BMW club, they all have their, you know, differences. Um, uh, I, I would say my favorite would be BMW Club because that's uh, kind of where my heart is. That's where we go. Um, but um, I don't know whether I can say one is better in so many mm -hmm. different ways than others. Yeah. They all have their, you know, pros and cons. Um, I can honestly say that. Um, and there are things that I've liked about once and well, I'm like, eh, it's okay. So um, I don't know whether I could really say uh, uh, SDCA, uh, obviously, you know, SDCA has a lot of grassroots racing stuff, right? But then also SDCA has uh, big crowded events and politics and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So uh, yeah. not that BMW or NASA does not, but it's different levels. So you pick and choose your battles in just like in life. 
and uh, but you know, trust me, give me a wheelbarrow and I'll go racing. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> somewhere, um, uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, racing is you do it because you will enjoy doing it. I try to stay out of the politics. I just want to be in my little happy world and go have fun and race. Yep. So what do you have left this year um, or maybe in the next month or two, where do you plan on being? So this coming weekend, we are going to Hyperfest uh, with NASA at VIR, which is going to be, a, you know, it's a circus. It's a show. It's, um, I would say, the biggest spectator event uh uh, that we go to, um, like the, if you go to the SRO or the IMSA race at VIR, it's less crowded. Uh, oh yeah, hyperfest. I mean, there are bands, there are helicopter rides, there are food vendors. There's drifting going on uh, between our races. Um, uh, there's time trials. There's HPDEs. Um, you name it. Um, uh, Chris Cabello and the team uh, puts on a great show and. Um, great event um i don't know whether i'm into the all of that i want to race you know when i go to the racetrack and sometimes you know the crowd is almost distracting uh, and you're like okay let me let's just do our thing uh but then um the following weekend we are going to uh, scca majors uh at cmp uh and uh, uh then we have a weekend off and then the following weekend, we are going to Roebling Roads. Uh, I don't know if you've been to that track. It's actually one of my first uh, my first track that I went to, and they repaved it. Um, so uh, track records are getting blown out of the park. Um, you didn't have, you had to play managing tires before, but you know now it's like a brand new asphalt. The pavement is beautiful um and uh so and we think we have maybe 10 12 cars going to uh Roebling, uh maybe eight actually or nine uh cars going to Roebling. uh then that's like the next four out of the next four weekends mm -hmm. three of the yeah. weekends um i will be at a racetrack somewhere so. yeah yeah very busy so mm -hmm. if you were going to give somebody advice on how to get started um because you know maybe some people don't even know if they want to race, but they should, they should try something to see if they like it. What would you have them do? What would you suggest to somebody? Well, uh, I would say, you know, definitely, I guess it depends on where they're at, right? Is this somebody who's done autocross? Is this someone, uh, I mean, you'd be surprised how many people come to me because they see us with, you know, two, three, you know, haulers and all these race cars. Oh, you should let me drive for you. I'm like, yeah, uh, by most of these cars are not even mine. We maintain them. We take care of them. Um, they have my name on them. But, you know, I have my cars that I drive. I do get to drive most of my customer cars, too, uh, mainly for setup and getting some data points and stuff like that. But uh, um, if you're someone who's not done HPDs, then I would say, hey, go do some track days. If you've done some track days, uh, I highly suggest renting a seat you know, in a, whether it's a champ car or endurance car, you know, WRL car, whatever, rent a seat. Because uh, I've actually had people who are, who's been doing HPDs or track days for years and like, okay, I'm ready to race. Because that's the ev next evolution of it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then 90% of them, like, they're, it's, they're done. 
they are they are all in. They are ready to race. They are chomping at the bits. They are calling me, texting me, saying, "Shri, what do we need to do the car? How can I, you know, do this? What do I need to do this?" But then there is that small percentage that actually doesn't like the wheel to wheel. You know, I love. Um, I mean, I remember a champ car race that I did. We used to do a lot of the champ car stuff, which we don't do anymore. Uh, 126 cars started at BIR for a 24-hour race. Oh, and and they would do grand course for the first 12 hours. And after the 12 hours, the pace car would come out and they would change the configuration from grand to full course because they knew there was going to be so much attrition. Uh, and I remember going through turn one full wide. Two of the cars uh, in the middle were on the track. Two two cars on each end was had two wheels off and, and two wheels on on the track. And um, I've had some I had a really great time, you know, doing some of the endurance stuff. Uh, also, um, and it's a team camaraderie, right? Um, but I would say rent a car uh, and go do something. And I, I've had. I go through this uh, quite a bit. A lot of people come to me and they have done a frack day or do this and they're ready to uh, spend thousands of dollars on their car. Let's make it fast. I want, you know, big brakes. I want aero. I want sleek tires. Uh, let's put headers and exhaust or, you know, do all this. And I tell them, no. And I've actually had someone who got really mad at me and left uh, with some choice words to me uh, because I said, no, you've done a couple of track days. You need to spend time driving. Let's make sure your car is safe. You got good brakes. Your suspension's not going to fall apart. You have decent street tires. Learn to drive, especially on a street car. I know I sometimes, uh, I don't really do DEs anymore. But uh, if I'm doing some coaching or whatever and I get the opportunity to drive a street car on track, I take a street car on track to ground myself because a race car, especially today, does so much for us. The great suspension, the brakes, the aero, these sticky tires, and our muscle memory need to be grounded to help us. This is the smooth line. That, let's get some tires that's not doing the work, the the suspension that's not doing the work, the arrow that's just pushing this car to the ground. It'll bring us back to ground level and help us, you know, put our put ourselves in our spot to drive the car. Actually, uh, I've gotten to drive some of these new amazing race cars, um, and they almost drive themselves to a certain extent. Uh, and it's, I mean, they are fast, they're great, uh, but um, they're somewhat boring in some sense also. Yeah. Uh, so I would tell someone to go drive and learn to drive and have fun. Uh, I think that's something I have to tell myself and tell a lot of my friends. We forget at the end of the day, you know, uh, yes, I had ambitions and I actually got to do some uh, grand am, well, Coney Challenge, some pro level races also. But at the end of the day, we have to remember and uh, realize that we do this to have fun. Yep. Uh, yep. And that is hard, especially, you know, we are in such a competitive environment. We are just, you know, going, 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 and we forget uh, that, that we are here to have fun. 
and to make great memories, to smile and to uh, make great friends. I mean, some of my best friends are, you know, people I've met at the racetrack. Yeah. So, I mean, how do people, how would people get a hold of you? What's the best way to get a hold of you? Oh, probably call me, text me. Uh, um, would they find that information on your website? I don't even have a website. Okay. Because, to be honest with you, we are so busy and so backed up. I have a backlog of people who kind of want to get into the team. Okay. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm not giving away any of your contact information then. <laughs> if you're already- uh, I'm happy. Yeah, I'm happy where we are at. And I don't want, I mean, I think that every business wants to grow, right? But yeah, I'm not that person i'm happy uh, where we at we have a great team a great family uh we go out we have fun uh i don't want to become some huge factory mm-hmm. uh, i love where we are at uh and i'm i'm content Good. so yeah uh, mm-hmm. do you have any any sponsors you want to give a shout out to or any anybody that you want to thank for you know getting to do what you uh, do. Wow. I think the list is a long list. I have so many people um, who's helped me along the way and who still help me. Uh, this is not by any means, uh, I cannot take any credit for this. I have a great team uh, of mechanics, uh, group people behind me. Uh, I have a great team of uh, drivers, uh, people who help us uh, with the whole team aspect uh, and, uh, and I have a great um, products that back us up. Uh, I mean, I work closely with B-Moral, I work closely with VAC, uh, Hoosier Tires, Yokohama Tires, uh, Redline, PFC Brakes, uh, Chill Out, uh, OG Racing, uh, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, we have, uh, I'm so um, ha- lucky, I would say, to have all these uh, companies, these uh, things uh, behind uh, supporting me and my whole team. Um, and uh, the list, I mean, my parents, my mom still cringes at the idea of what I do. Um, you know, she's like, I'm the black sheep of the family, uh, for sure. Uh, and uh, but you know, she's except my my family has accepted what I do, and they see that I'm happy, uh, and I love what I do. So finally, I think I'm getting I've gotten to a different level. Uh, so yeah, it's a, a long list of people who have helped me. I don't want to even start naming names because sure. I think the list is going to be so long and I'm going to forget someone and I'm going to feel <laughs> really bad. Um, I totally yeah. understand. Mm-hmm. Um, Shree, I know you are super busy. I am extremely thankful for you spending a little bit of time with me. Um, mm-hmm. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Likewise, thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure and uh, I'm sure I'll run into a racetrack, uh, run into you at a racetrack somewhere. Uh, you will. I'll definitely come by and say hello to you. So, um, But it's been great talking to you. Please do. Thank you very much. I want to thank you for listening to Driven to Compete. It's been a pleasure sharing this episode and I hope we've provided some inspiration and entertainment along the way. If you like the content, please share and like. 
but I have one ask for everyone listening. I would appreciate more than anything to add you to my weekly newsletter. Simply visit my website, driventocompete.com, and you'll see a form to get on my newsletter where I share exclusive content and giveaway swag. 